The landscape is changing for online business in 2020, and those who continue to make these three mistakes are not only going to miss their income goals, but might be forced to shut down their online business entirely. Let's discuss. Welcome to episode 38 of The Graham Cochran Show, where I'm here to help you build your online business, work less, and live and give more. I'm your host, Graham Cochran, pumped to kick off the new year with you. This is our first episode of 2020, and we're going to talk about how things are changing in online business. We're going to dive into that, but real quick before we do, if you are brand new to online business, even if you have a brick and mortar store or a service-based business, but you don't have an online passive income style business like I run two of these businesses and I teach here on the show every single week, I want to give you a free workshop, my passive income workshop, where I teach you the four components you need to put in place to generate $1,000 a month or more. It's your first $1,000. I mean, obviously we want this to be your full-time revenue stream, but get that first $1,000 a month coming in, even if you only have 30 minutes a day to chip away at it. So I break all of this down in this workshop, all the components, scripts, templates you can use, the tools that I'm using, both paid and free. It's all mapped out for you so you have everything you need to begin building your passive income style business. It's absolutely free. Just go to grahamcochran.com slash workshop. Put the link below the video if you're watching on YouTube, grahamcochran.com slash workshop and enjoy. Now, we got to talk about online business because things are not the same as they were when I got started. Okay, I started my first business, The Recording Revolution, in 2009. So I've been doing online business for over a decade and a lot has changed. And I get questions like, what has changed, Graham? Or, you know, is what you're doing antiquated? Don't we need to do something new? And I'm going to answer all of that in today's episode, but we do have to address the way things were and how they have evolved. Because if you're doing what you were doing back in 2009, uh, it's not going to work anymore. Things have changed. So, I look at the last 10 years of my business and I see them as two different seasons, two five-year chunks. From 2009 to 2014, there was a season in online business and it was sweet. And if you got in before 2009, it must have been even sweeter because it was really sweet in 2009 to 2014. What it looked like back then was both on YouTube, on blogs, anywhere, podcasts even, uh, there just wasn't very much happening. Um, there weren't very many people who were strategic, I should say. There was a lot of content, but it wasn't as commonplace to see course creators, people with membership sites. There were a lot of open opportunities, okay? So I get this sometimes, like, well, Graham, you're, you know, you're just lucky that you started when you started. Well, yeah, I think luck has a lot to do with it. I don't really personally believe in luck. My worldview, I believe in God. So I feel like God has his hand on my life and he allowed me to start this business when I did. 
But I will give you that it wasn't all on me. I don't take full credit for my success because there's no one that's self-made. And I know that from personal experience, I needed a lot of help to get where I was. The timing really was in my favor when I got started in 2009. So let's be honest about it. 2009 to 2014, from what I experienced and what I saw with people in my space, people doing similar type of work, but in a different niche, if you just had any kind of audience through content building, through social media, if you had built any kind of audience and you had a way to collect people's email addresses and you had any kind of online course at almost any kind of price point and you had a basic email funnel that led people to that course, you could make money. You didn't need great sales copy. You didn't even need a a great delivery method. I mean, I, for... Four years, five years, I delivered all of my products as zip files through a PayPal link. (laughs) I mean, come on. It was janky. I had an iWeb. Do you even remember Apple iWeb? Uh, It was like their free website builder that came with a Mac. I made an iWeb page for a sales page that was all janky. I had to figure out some HTML code, but I didn't even know what I was doing. So I would Google how to code, type in some stuff looked janky, but I all I could embed a PayPal buy now button or add to cart button and people would pay me whatever the PayPal listing price was. And then I had a PayPal backend thing that would like send them, redirect them to a, a, a zip file. And it was just a zip file on my GoDaddy economy web hosting. So like I went way over my bandwidth because I was, people were downloading these two gig, three gig files. Um, that's what I was doing. It was not beautiful. It was not sophisticated. My sales copy was awful. It was like, hey, you should buy this product because it's great. Uh, You didn't even need a video in HD. I don't think a single product of mine was shot in HD for the first five years. It should have been because HD was really easy to shoot even back then. But it was awful. Awful quality. It wasn't great. My email funnels weren't great. I mean, it was just... It was just like I had the basic elements in place. If you had a pulse and you had some relevant information uh, and you could follow the formula of uh, create some content to build an audience, whether on social media or on YouTube or on a blog, get them to opt into your email list by giving away something for free, uh, give them an email funnel, uh, have a digital product. I mean, I'm giving giving you the farm here as it were. Um, And before you jump on me if you've been a follower for a while and you're like, Graham, that's still your model. Are you saying you're using an antiquated model? Give me a second. I'll get into the nuances here. The model is not antiquated. The point I'm making is from that golden era for me and many of our businesses in 2009 to 2014, if you just had the components, you could make money. And so from 2009, making $0.00, to hitting six figures at the end of 2011. So it took me two years to reach six figures for the first time. Um, actually, the beginning of 2012, I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't hit six figures until the beginning of 2012. I was pacing 10K a month in the early 2012. Um, to by, by, even by the end of 2014, I was already doing multiple six figures in this golden era, golden age of online business. It was easy. 2014 to 2015, things started to change. And there's a couple things that happened. So I look at the second era as 2014 to 2019, this last five years. This was a very interesting time to be in business because things started to change. 
Um, one of the major things that changed in this, this last five years was social media changed the game. And it started, I think, with Facebook. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Facebook was the first to really mess with their algorithm and just eliminate almost virtually all of your organic reach. I mean, that wasn't even a thing. Organic reach, everything was organic at the time. Unless you were running ads, it was like, when you post to Facebook, all of your followers see your posts. That's just the way social media works. So for example, the Recording Revolution had about 100,000 followers on Facebook five years ago. And uh, from one moment to the next, I can't remember if it was 2015 or 2016. So let me know in a comment below what year it was. When Facebook changed their algorithm, they decided, they got smart. And they said, why, why are we letting all this potential money disappear? These people have big audiences on, on Facebook. Why don't we charge them to promote to their own audience? Which sounds normal now, but that's ludicrous if you think about the way social media always was. It was always free. Um, the reason it was free was because then Facebook could could run ads and, and could get paid by advertisers to advertise to all of us. But then they, they realized there's a whole nother way to monetize, which is to charge the, the people who use Facebook to, to allow their followers to even see their posts. So I used to post, hey, got a new product, or hey, have a new video you can watch for free. And all 100,000 of my followers would see it in their feed. Now, maybe they wouldn't all log in that day. Maybe they all wouldn't be following Facebook anymore regularly. But if they were to log in, my post would show up in their feed, right? You had 100% organic reach. That was just the norm. And then from one moment to the next, Facebook said, let's have post boosting. You can boost your post. Well, what does that mean? Well, we're not going to show your post to everybody anymore. So from one day to the next, my organic reach dropped from 100%, which is what it always was, to 13%. So now only 13,000 of my 100,000 followers would even see anything I posted unless I paid Mark Zuckerberg and click that that boost button, right? That changed everything. My traffic dropped in half from one day to the next. A lot of stuff changed. So you started to see, and then Instagram's done this. Uh, you started to see these social media outlets changing their algorithms, which made it really, really hard to reach people organically. So Facebook ads ramped up, all kinds of stuff ramped up. So you see all kinds of social media stuff changing. You see just the good old fashioned more competition. There are, there are more blogs, more YouTube channels. A lot of people started to notice that not only can you build an audience, but you can build a digital product-based business. So people like me from 2009 to 2014, I thought I was just doing what I saw everyone else doing, but I guess not everyone else saw what I saw for whatever reason, but they saw all of us doing it in that wave, in that five years. So come 2014, 2015, 2016, everybody and their mom wants to have online courses. And so you got more people jumping in, so it gets more crowded, so it's harder for you to stand out. That's just the nature of any business, right? Um, and then you start to see, because of organic reach dropping, competition raising, you see a aggressive push to Facebook ads, webinars, uh, all kinds of complicated funnels, things getting really, really slick polished and sophisticated, which I think is both good and bad. It's good when we have to innovate, um, when we have to create better ways of serving our people, but it just kind of created an, an aura of yuck. A lot of people are just, ugh, they're sick of seeing those stupid ads with a guy standing in front of a Lamborghini 
or a beach and he's like, you know, oh my gosh, I'm finally free. Oh, I just, you know, look at my bank statement. I just made $100,000, but I was at the beach and like, it only takes me three hours a week to do this. And I know I sound hypocritical because that's kind of what I do, but I'm, that's just so uh, blatantly everywhere on Facebook these days that like my mom sees those ads. My my little brother, who's a lawyer who doesn't do online business, sees those ads. Like everyone's seeing it and now everyone's like, oh, I want that life. And so now it's just kind of created a weird, yucky flavor for all of us legitimate online business owners who get lumped in to those shticks. Uh, and it, it becomes harder to sell because people are like, oh, I'm sick of all this. And then on top of that, you just have good old fashioned overwhelm and information overload. I mentioned this a few episodes ago or a few months ago now that I think overwhelm is the problem of our day. We're just bombarded with information. There's just too much that people are just, it's not, it's not as simple as just showing up and having a product to make the sale because people are like skeptical and overwhelmed because there's a million products saying they can do the same thing and they're just tired and there's more competition and they don't hear about you anyway on social media. Everything is different. Everything is different than it was in 2009. And yet, very much everything's the same. So what I want to do is walk through what I think are the three biggest mistakes that I see people making still to this day, that if you make these mistakes, you have no chance of growing or starting your business in 2020. You just don't. So I don't want you to make those mistakes because I want you to win. That's what this whole show is set up to do is to help you win in your online business. And that means hit your revenue goals. That means working less. That means being able to live more and give more. Those are all parts of how I define winning and what I want for you and your business. But real quick, before I jump into those three mistakes, here's what hasn't changed, okay? Having valuable products, serving people well, being established and having credibility in your space, committing to content. I'll get to that in a little bit more. Like the model is the same, email marketing, still the number one way to sell, right? It, no, nothing in terms of the fundamentals of online business has changed but the stuff on the surface, the way people are doing online business, you can't, you can't, do, you can't get away with some of this stuff anymore. So let's break down these three mistakes uh, so that you don't make them, and so that you can win this year in business. You ready? Mistake number one: being a commodity. Being a commodity. What is a commodity? Uh, it's anything that's ubiquitous. There's tons of it. Okay, um, like toilet paper is a commodity. I don't care which brand of toilet paper I use. I'm, I have no loyalty to Charmin, right? Like my, other than my daughters who sing that commercial, my honey is clean. Yeah, it's Charmin clean. I can't even believe that's a real commercial, but it's worked because my kids walk around singing that their honey's clean. Yeah, it's Charmin clean, which is kind of gross, but it's advertising. So Charmin, I'm not loyal to Charmin. I'll buy Costco's Kirkland generic brand. I don't care as long as it's toilet paper and it does what it's advertised of doing. It's a commodity. If one price is cheaper, I'll probably go for the cheaper price, right? Or if one's in front of me, I'll probably buy that one. It's a commodity. That's online business these days. We're a commodity by default. You don't have to be a commodity, but by, by default, I mean, how many people are there who can teach you how to start an online business? If all I'm trying to do in this space is create a course and create content on online business 
that even if it's good, it's a commodity. Why would you buy from me? There's a million people who have great information on online business, right? Not only that, everything's Googleable. Like almost anything you can imagine that you would ever need to learn is already on the internet for free. This was always the case in the last 10 years, but it's so much the case in 2020 right now that no one is seeing you as special. I can raise my hand and say, hey, I'm an online business coach. I've got great content online business. So what? I can Google anything I want on online business. I don't need you. If all I am is a purveyor of content, I am a commodity. If all you are is a purveyor of information in your niche, you are a commodity because this information age that we're living in makes information a commodity. Everyone's got it. It's free. It's everywhere. Why should I pay attention to you? So whereas in 2009 to 2014, I could show up and say, hey, I can teach you how to record music and make it sound better. Dude, I would sell a ton of product because that wasn't as easily accessible. People didn't have very many other places to go to to learn how to record their music. So just having the information made me valuable. Now in the niche of audio recording, dude, there's a million of us teaching audio recording. So just having good information is no longer enough is my point. So what do you do? Well, you, you need to be a personality. You need to sell yourself. Your information is it's just what gets you in the door. Yes, you need to have good information. I mean, more than ever, you need good information because everyone else has got good information. But that's not enough. You have to sell yourself. We are in the age of personalities. We are in the age of following people that we know, people that we like, people that we trust, which has always been the case in business, right? Back in the day when business was local and there was two or three vendors that sold the same thing, you would do business with the one of those vendors that you knew better, liked better, trusted better. I mean, no like and trust has been around since the, the, the invention of business. It's people. But it is now for sure the future. In 2020, moving forward, you need to be a personality online to have any shot of having an online business. You still need great content. You still need great information. You still need to be relevant in your niche and topic, but you cannot just be like, here's the information. You have to be likable. Now, that might stress you out. Some of you don't think you're very likable or don't think you have much of a personality. You don't think you're boisterous enough or flashy enough or attractive enough or you don't communicate well enough or you're not funny enough or you're not as crazy enough or whatever it is, but don't, you're, you're just, you're making assumptions of what you think a good personality is online. Don't assume what that is, okay? There's a lot of ways to have a personality online. There are people who are cynical and mean and make fun of their audiences, and, and that's a personality that some people like. It's very brash, uh, and some people like that. That's not me, right? I, I like to think that I'm relatively genuine, approachable, like your friend, helping you out, that can create a somewhat of a personality that some people like. I know I know you like because you tell me. I, I don't think I bring a ton of earth-shattering new information. Perhaps my take on things is fresh. 
I like to think it is because I'm trying to be the antithesis of certain things. And we talked about this a few episodes ago on creating polarizing content. I'm trying to say, hey, this is what I stand for. This is what I stand against. Hey, these type of content creators in our niche and business, they're the enemy. I make fun of them. I think they're not teaching you what you need to know. Here's my take on things. And if you resonate with that, you might find that fresh. So that could be good. But ultimately, from what I'm hearing, you follow me because you connect with me as a personality for whatever reason. But there are people that do not like me for the very same reasons that you like me. And they tell me that. So that's the beautiful thing. We are in the age of you get to pick for better or for worse who you want to listen to. You get to curate your influences. You get to curate who is giving you information. Knowing that that's the world we're in, you need to be someone that's curatable. You need to be someone who is interesting enough to pay attention to. It could be that you're funny. It could be that you're brash, or it could be that you're genuine. It could be that you're deep and pensive and just, you have all these great ideas. It could be that you just are so authentic and so real and so open and transparent and messy and broken in front of people on camera or on your podcast or in your blog posts that people just love you because you're being real in an era of fake. Any one of those things, pick any one of them. It's all personality, but you need to be likable. Not by everybody, that's impossible. Good luck with that. The most likable of us all aren't liked by everybody, but you need to be likable by your little tribe. They need to trust you. They need to know you deeply. So all of this involves selling yourself. So you can no longer just rely on, hey, these are the 10 steps to achieving whatever. Yeah, you need the 10 steps. You need all the strategies and tactics, and you need to understand what you're talking about. You need to give valuable information that people can act on and get results. But you, yourself, you need to be likable. You need to be personality. Otherwise, you're just a commodity. There's 100,000 other people in your niche lined up to teach the same thing you're teaching. So that can either crush you because you're like, well, what's the point? Or you can take action and say things are different than they were 10 years ago. Things are different than they were five years ago. It's 2020. I need to be a personality. I need to commit to not only having great content, but being very likable because people are looking for someone that's follow-worthy, and I mean that in the best way possible. Why should somebody pay attention to you? Right, Steve Martin, the great comedian from Saturday Night Live fame, stand-up comedian, actor. He's got this great line, right? When people talked about, you know, what does it take to be successful in comedy, to be successful in stand-up? He has this line, be so good they can't ignore you. That's all we want. We just want people to like notice us, that they can't ignore us. If they can ignore you, like, eh, yawn. You're, you're toast. That's why we talked about polarizing content. You, you need it to be set up in such a way. You need your brand and your content and everything you do online to be set up in such a way that they just can't ignore you. They may not have to connect with you. Maybe you're not the right audience or person for, for that audience, but you need to be noticeable. That's the difference. And just look at any of your con favorite content creators, any of your favorite YouTubers, any of your favorite podcasters. The ones that are crushing it, the ones that are growing, the ones that are winning, they probably have a personality. So your job is to study all those personalities and to study yourself and say, well, what kind of personality can I be? Who can I be? And to work on that part of your business. Otherwise, you're just a commodity. So that's mistake number one. Don't be a commodity.
Huge mistake. Mistake number two, relying on social media. Oh my gosh. I, I, you know, one of the things, social media is great. I don't, I'm not a social media hater. You know what I'm a hater of? People who rely on social media for their business. Only because, not, not because I hate you or because I think social media is bad. I'm just, I'm a practical guy. And I like to diversify, okay? If we're looking at investments, and we talked about this a few episodes ago, a few months ago, I did two whole episodes on managing your finances and investments as a, as a business owner. The rule of thumb for investing is you don't put all your eggs in one basket, no matter how appealing and how attractive that a basket is. Because the one thing we know for sure is that we don't know what's gonna happen for sure. So we we spread our thoughts our investments around. We don't bank on any one thing. We want to own lots of horses in the horse race, not just bank on one horse because what if the horse loses? Well, then we lose all our money. So when it comes to getting the word out and building leads, I just don't like social media as my only way of reaching people, especially when we have seen what's changed in the last five years, which is the purveyors of social media, the, the the platforms themselves, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, which is the same, it's Facebook, the Twitters, all of the people that own the platforms have gotten their hands more involved and they've woken up and realized, hey, we have this amazing platform. We own it, so we're gonna write the rules. And when they write the rules, they can change the rules. And when they change the rules, you have to play by their rules. So if your business is built on social media, you're doomed because they're gonna keep changing the rules and you're gonna keep scrambling to keep up with the rules and you're not gonna be able to reach the people you worked so hard to reach. You're not gonna be able to promote your products to them. You're not gonna be able to promote your content to them. It's rigged against you. There is a middleman between you and your audience. Whereas if you live on the content strategy that I have been preaching for 10 years and will continue to preach, where you have actual evergreen content, and I'm talking about written blog posts, and YouTube videos. Mm, podcasts, yes, but they're not quite as powerful as YouTube and written blog posts because they're not as searchable. That's the only thing. It's the moment Apple fixes that, this is a side tangent, but the moment Apple fixes the podcast app and makes it searchable and ties it in better with Google search results, then, then podcasts will be right up there with YouTube and blog articles, if not more. But written articles, YouTube videos, and podcasts, you create the content once, it's up there forever. It doesn't disappear in a feed. It's not hidden by an algorithm. And yes, you can argue that YouTube has an algorithm, but it's still all searchable. It's still a search engine. And if your content's good, and if your content's relevant, and YouTube these days, they favor more engagement now. So if you're just interacting with your people, liking their comments, answering their questions, just normal, good, best practices. You don't have to be obsessed with it or do every single comment. That's another episode for another day. But you, you can be searched. You can be found. Your content that you put out there can be found. I have on both brands. So, okay, on the Recording Revolution, I have videos that are six years old that are serving me customers every single day. I did a video. My most popular video is probably coming up on three years old now on Recording Revolution. It's got over two and a half million views. And it's it's coming up on the third or as the third or fourth result when you type in the words home studio in YouTube. You want to learn how to build a home studio, there I am. That that video that I spent an hour or two filming 
in 2017 shows up every day, first page of the results on YouTube. And what does it do? It adds value. It gets people to opt into my email list and then they get pitched my products and they buy my products. It's doing the work for me. There's no middleman. I don't have to pay to boost a YouTube video. Now, maybe YouTube will change that. Maybe Google who owns YouTube will change that. I don't know. But right now in 2020, YouTube is still a gold mine for content creators. Even though it's gotten more crowded, it is a gold mine because it's searchable and it's evergreen. So there's no middleman when you're creating written articles or videos. There's no one controlling who sees it. It's your website or it's your YouTube channel. And guess what? If you're capturing email addresses, which you should and always should have been and always should be into the future, you can email your people directly. No middleman. You can't message your people as directly on social. It's, there's just, there's, there's someone in between, as a gatekeeper, but not with email, not with your website, not with your YouTube channel. It, that's still the wild, wild west. YouTube, your blog, email is still the wild, wild west. You still have more opportunity in 2020 to reach people on YouTube, on your blog, podcasting still too, and email marketing. Those are the places to be. If you rely on social media in 2020 for your business, you're doomed. The only hope you have is to just run paid ads all the time. And then good luck with that because you have to keep changing the ads and keep following the latest trends. And then even just the free stuff, you have to just follow the algorithm and constantly be tweaking, constantly be playing their game. And if you follow what I teach, you don't have time to play those games because that's not the best, highest use of your time. The best, highest use of your time is creating a piece of content three years ago that keeps selling you products today. You'd spent two hours once and it puts money in your bank account every single day. You need to be strategic with your time if you want your business to grow while you work less. So that's mistake number two is relying on social media. And mistake number three, and this is huge, and I think Marie Forleo talked about this recently um, with Pat Flynn. Um, so I credit her because I was thinking about this, but she put it into words, absolutely, she's absolutely right. The future of online business is customer service. Is kind of where she was going. And so the mistake that I see that you, if you're making this in 2020, you're doomed is still just focusing on the sale and not on the follow-up service, okay? We have all the tools and I'm a big proponent of automation. Okay, my course is called Automatic Income Academy. I, I live by automation. That's what allows me to make a seven-figure income every year and work five hours a week, okay? That's not possible without massive automation. So we live in an automated age, which is beautiful, but the problem is, is it creates more and more distance between you and your customers. It's very easy to find them, sell to them, them get what they want, and you never interact with them. And I'm as guilty of this as anyone else. I mean, for years, that's I didn't need to worry about interacting with them because they got what they wanted, I got what I wanted, and we're all happy. But now that anybody can do this, anybody can have Kajabi, right? Kajabi has leveled the playing field for online business. If you have an idea and a phone, you can build an a website, build an audience, build a product, sell to them, build a funnel, automate it. You could have a product in, up and running in the next two weeks. You could make $1,000 by the end of this month. You could be making six figures by the end of the year if you're really, really smart. Because um, a platform like Kajabi has given everyone the tools and they're all top-notch tools. So 
Now, any one of us can have a killer looking and operating online business. So, and I'm grateful for Kajabi, but all that means for you is, dude, the kid next door, the kid who's skipping out of high school calculus is starting an online business right now on his phone. So any one of us can make content and sell it. How are you going to stand out? Good old fashioned customer service. Interacting with your customers after the sale. Getting follow-up. Answering their questions. Listening to their feedback. Making your products better. Having a community, right? Literally building a private community for your customers where either it's a paid community or it's a, an add-on to a paid product, whatever it is where you can interact with them and serve them and find out more of what they need, right? Customer service is going to build a deep loyalty, which is going to lead to customers for years and years and years. And you're going to need that customer loyalty when your information is just a commodity, when more and more people are coming online, when... You, again, you're going to get lost in a sea of new content creators. So if you are so lucky to make a sale, it would behoove you, there's a word I haven't used all of 2019 now into 2020, it would behoove you to focus on excellent customer service in 2020 so that you keep those customers for life. This is something um, that has been really important to me is do whatever it takes to keep a customer. So that involves all kinds of stuff. That can involve um, being really generous with your refund policy. If somebody buys something and they're a customer and they reach out to you and maybe it's even a few days or weeks past the refund policy and they're like, hey, I've been going through the product and it's just not the right fit for me. I thought it was going to be this or I already knew this or, or I love it and I get this a lot. I just, I thought I'd have time to go through it and I don't and I kind of need the money and being generous and just refunding them, even if it's past the refund policy, even though they're technically now no longer a customer because they got their money back, I have seen those people return and become customers again because they felt served. They felt loved on. They felt treated with respect. And the beautiful thing about this is that you can do this better and easier when your brand is small, when your audience is small, when your customer pool is small. And so it's, it's something you can start and perfect right now. It's harder to scale customer service well, but still we need to as we grow. But that's what's beautiful about it is you can really zero in on your customer experience and customer service now when you only have 10 or 20 or 100 or 1,000 customers. Make sense? So here's the deal. People, it's 2020. People still want information. They still want content mostly because they want what that content and information can do for them. They want the results. So you should still be selling results-based selling, benefits-based selling. You should still be pumping out content. You should still be selling content. My businesses are only growing. 2019 was my best year yet for both of my brands. But the difference is you will be a commodity unless you build that personality. You build that loyalty with that audience and you become a person they want to follow, right? They're looking for someone to follow and connect with, someone that they can trust. So you have to become that personality this year. Otherwise, you're going to peter out and die. And if you're brand new, there's no way anyone's going to buy from you if they don't feel a connection with you. So it is part of your job description to figure out how to connect with your audience in your own unique way, your own unique way, and build that personality. 
It is going to be your job in 2020 to stop relying on social media. You need to build up a bank of good evergreen content that will work for you on your blog, on your YouTube channel, as a part of a podcast. It's going to work for you for years to come. You need to own that space because if you don't, someone else is. Don't rely on social media. Cut out the middleman. Build your own content stream. And then you got to commit to customer service after the sale. Otherwise, you will be this boring commodity that's scrambling on social media to try to get followers and attention who just gets the sale and then moves on and your customers don't feel any sense of loyalty or service and they'll move on because someone else will serve them better. That's it. That's what 2020 is looking like. So two things for you. One, leave a comment below and let me know which of these mistakes you feel like you are most prone to make that you weren't thinking about that you're going to now not make in 2020. Let me know which mistake you're not going to make in 2020, which which one's going to be your focus. And then two, if you're ready to actually build your business this year, and this is the year you're ready to get after it, then you need to know my passive income model. I share not only the model with you in this 45-minute workshop, but I give you templates you can copy, scripts you can copy, all the tools that I'm using, both paid and free that you can use, all of it, and how it all connects together. Because yeah, You can know you need content. Yeah, you need a digital product. How does it all connect together? There is a sequence of events in a way that this all works together so that not only can you make a sale, but you can make scaling sales automatically while you serve people, make some cool content, pick up your kids from school, take an online course, go to the beach, whatever it is you want to do so you can start to either build your business for the first time ever or build your first passive income component of your business or transition out of a service-based business or out of a brick and mortar business, whatever it is, or out of a nine to five job, this workshop will help you do it. It's absolutely free. And I want to give it to you as a gift for hanging out with me and checking out my content. Just go to grahamcochran.com slash workshop. Links here in the video and below in the description. If you're watching, go to grahamcochran.com slash workshop. I want 2020 to be the year you win in business. So I'm here to help you. Got a ton of content every single week, both here on the YouTube channel and on the podcast. If you prefer to listen to it, you can go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or the Google Play Store, wherever you listen to podcasts and this content will be there for you. Have a great week. Happy New Year. I'll see you on next week's episode.